The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm David. He is Isaac. This is Hoop Ball Grizz. We are with you after the Grizzlies lose the last game of the road trip, 120-96 to to the Denver Nuggets. And it was pretty clear early on in this game that the Grizzlies just did not have the juice, man. They just kind of looked exhausted out there. Yeah, I mean, you you could tell pretty pretty early on that they just just didn't have the legs. Um, uh, tough loss tonight, like you said, fall one twenty to ninety six. We were hoping uh, with this being the third matchup against the Nuggets, kind of lost one that you felt like you let get away early, early in this uh, road trip, lost in double overtime, then you lost the game that's back at FedEx form uh, by one point. Uh, you were hoping that they could could avoid the sweep here, man, but it was not to be. Nuggets uh, got it done. Tough, tough situation. I mean, back to back. Two hard falls games against the Blazers. Uh, you have to travel a night at altitude to ask Grayson Allen about that after the game. And he said that you basically don't get used to it until you've been there three or four days. I mean, he said it's tough playing altitude. You can imagine playing on the back-to-back with the, the energy they exerted the last two games against Portland. They had to come out there and play seven at the, on, a, on the end of a seven-game road trip. That's pretty tough. And, again, you could see pretty early on. But I think – Take a step back. Uh, if you look at this road trip, and, and you had told me before it started they were going to go four and three, I'd be ecstatic. I mean, you kind of get caught up in the moment, and you look at the Clippers game and, and the first Nuggets game, games you felt like they should have won, and you can get greedy and say they should have won five or six games on this trip. But again, man, four and three, I think is is fantastic, um, and I think this team has put themselves in position to to make a run uh, here at the end of the season. So, I mean, I think at this point, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, I mean, it's – I would have loved to see them come into this game and win it, but, you know, what do you expect from them? I, and that's, you know, yeah, they're professional athletes, but, man, it's it's got to be tough. You know, it, hotels are nice and all, but when, when you go on vacation, I know when I go on vacation, by the time I get to that sixth or seventh day, yeah. I'm just ready to be home, man. Yep. Yeah, it, it's nice to – it's nice to be away and kind of be mindless and not have to worry about anything and just kind of chill. But by that sixth or seventh day, I'm like, man, I just want my bed back. I want my bed and my couch, my TV. And so, you know, th- these guys, 13 days, seven games, and then the the Portland series, those two games were close. The, the Grizzlies really dominated that second game, but, you know, a ton of energy, ton of energy that – they are always ready for the, the Trailblazers games, and the Blazers are always ready for the Grizzlies. So coming into this game, back-to-back, it's I thought that it was going to be tough. I had a lot of hope that they would uh, be able to pull it off and, and get a win, but it just definitely was not to be tonight. Uh, Jadis really didn't get any help on the offensive end, man. The, they shot the ball awful from three. They were four for 32, good for 13% from three. You're not going to win many games like that. Yeah, I mean, when, when you're shooting a basketball like that, you're not going to win win many games. And, I mean, you just look at this game. And, and Morant, I mean, when you look back at this road trip, and I think that's one positive, really positive. I mean, it's positive anyway, go four and three. I think that's really good, we just said here. But I think another positive that you take out of this is the play of Ja. I mean, throughout this road trip, I mean, he was aggressive, uh, really took control of the offense. I mean, when they needed him, made big baskets, knocked down threes. I mean, did everything that you'd like to see from a young leader of your team. And I- I'm excited about his future. I mean, we kind of talked about early this season that he was 
kind of in a slump at times. Didn't look as didn't wasn't playing as well as he did last year. But I think this stretch right here lately, I think he surpassed anything that he did last year with the numbers that he's been putting up. And I mean, he looks like the guy that we thought he was. I was getting worried there for a little bit. He looks like he was struggling a little bit. Teams that kind of figured him out, and, and he was gonna have to make some adjustments. But looks like he's made those adjustments, man. And he looked fantastic. Twenty-seven more points tonight. Six rebounds, six assists. Still, man, ten of fifteen from the floor. Was over four from three, but uh, seven of nine from from the free throw line. Uh, played thirty minutes, so just another fantastic game tonight. But like you said, just didn't get a lot of help tonight. Uh, looking down the box score, only two more guys in double figures. As JV with thirteen and BC off the bench with ten. So that's not a box, a box score conducive for a victory, victory for the Grizzlies. You can you can usually look at these box scores and tell how the Grizzlies played, and this is not one that looks like a Grizzlies win. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. That was Jaron off the bench with ten. You, you oh, were down, down one uh, line too far, but uh, yeah, man, it, it's when you don't have any help, and and that's to say that he doesn't have any help was kind of rough. You know, it was it was just a bad game. They just didn't shoot the ball well. JV had thirteen points, but uncharacteristically had three rebounds. Uh, you know, it, it's just I, I really think that the elevation and just this road trip got him tonight. The chalked up scheduled loss. I hate calling them like I hate saying that. I hate even doing that because I'm like, man, no, don't go into any game thinking you're going to lose. If you go into the game thinking you're going to lose, it's over already before you ever even started. So, you know, move on. Here we go. Next game, they come back home and um, they, they got uh, who, who's Wednesday back to the Blazers. Portland. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So we get a day off. Uh, Grizzlies get a day off tomorrow, and then back to uh, Portland or back against Portland on Wednesday. One thing that, that I liked in the post game, uh, somebody asked Grayson, and I apologize, I don't remember who it was, but somebody asked him uh, about Ja um, and you know his shooting as of late. Thank you, Grayson Evan Barnes. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Thing. It was Evan. Yep, for sure. Um, he he said it just just confidence, and he knows when he's going to shoot the ball, and, and that's you know he Ja's been shooting. He said all year long that hey, you know I, I'm going to keep shooting. These guys are going to keep going under the screens. I'm going to keep shooting the shot. So he's confident. It's good that he has that confidence. They've been going in for him lately. Obviously, they didn't fall tonight. But, you know, you're going to have games like this. And here we are, man. Just a just a brutal loss. There was never a minute, really, that I felt like the Grizzlies were really in this game. Like, they're really going to win this game. I was never confident throughout the entire game. Yeah, they, they were staying connected early, and, and I was like, man, I, I could just tell with the, the body language and, and the shots coming up short. You could tell they don't have the legs. I'm like, at some point, Denver's going to make a run, and they're going to pull away. They hung in there for a while. Uh, that run kind of came bridging the third and fourth quarters, and the floodgates opened in the fourth quarter, and, I, and you could just see it coming all game. They hung on a little bit longer than I thought they would. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, you could just kind of see this one coming all night. You just kind of look at the standings. Uh, not a lot of help tonight. The Spurs uh, able to beat the Wizards 146-143 in overtime. The Wizards had a lead in that one, uh, but the Spurs ended up winning that one in overtime. The Pelicans knock off the Clippers 120-103. Now, the game that they might get some help here, the Kings are up 109-102 with a minute 43 left on in that one over the Mavericks. So that would be a big help for the Grizzlies if the Kings could could knock off that one. It looks like unless they have some kind of collapse here, the Kings are going to go on to win this one. Well, I don't know. We're 104-109 now, so... Anytime you got Luca, you the game's never over. We saw that game here in Memphis. We know his heroics and what he could do, so I better not speak too soon. But uh, the Kings up by five with a little bit over a minute to go 
out in Sacramento. So that that would be a big win uh, for for the standings for the Grizzlies if the Kings can pull that one off. Yeah, and, and you know we've said it before on the show. The Mavericks have made it clear. Mark Cuban and Luka Doncic both. They don't want to be in that seven. They don't want to be in the play-in. They want to be in the six seed. So, you know, they're they're not giving up, even though they're down. And it's not a big lead. It's a, a five-point lead right now. They're still in that game. But uh, they, they're playing till that, that final buzzer, man. So whoever's ahead of them, as, as Grizzly fans, we're rooting for the Kings right now, even though they, uh, they're a team that's behind us. They're not as big of a, of a threat as the uh, the Mavericks are. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you look at this one, and you kind of look at what the Kings have coming up on Tuesday night there at Golden State. So that's kind of a, a, a catch-22 for the Grizzlies, I think. That's a tough one, man. Who, who, who do what you root for in that one, man? I don't even know. That's, that's really hard right now. Man, I, I think Golden State's going to make it at this point. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'll be honest with you. If the Kings make it, I'm not scared of the Kings. They, they made moves at the deadline to, you know, show that they were trying to win and it just hasn't panned out. I think that Luke Walton is just honestly not a good coach and it's showing out there. there there's too much talent. That Kings roster is a very talented roster. I think, you know, they fall along the same lines as that Pelicans roster, man. You know, that you've got De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Hill, Harrison Barnes, Rashawn Holmes is very underrated as a big man. You know, they've got a lot of talent on that team and just can't seem to scratch their way into the playoffs, and I don't get it. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly uh, on Luke Walton. I don't I don't think he's a good coach either. Um, because I think that team is too talented to, to be, just like you said, with the Pelicans. I think this team should be uh, a play-in level team. And for them to be outside of that window, I think you got to look at Luke Walton and, and kind of question – his coaching ability, when you just look at the players on that team, I mean, they have have a lot of talent, uh, just like the Buckets. I mean, you got Buddy Hill, you got Halliburton, who's a, a, a really good rookie. I mean, Rashawn Holmes, uh, Harrison Barnes. I mean, you have a lot of, a lot of talent on that team. And, and again, uh, I, I think for them to be below that play-in line has to go back to Lou Walton. I kind of feel the same way about Steve Kerr. We talked about that here on, on the show. I feel like you should be able to do more with that roster. I think he – got credit for for the championships that they won and i think now you kind of seeing what it's like when when he has to coach him up i always compare him to popovich and see what popovich is doing with that san antonio team um and that that san antonio team is not as talented as that golden state team and you see what they're doing right now there's no way that team that san antonio team should be competing for the play-in in my in my opinion that's just a testament to pop and and how well well he coaches And and i think steve kerr is getting kind of exposed right now. Now, Steph Curry is on a historic run right now, and he's carrying them to victories, but I, I think that's more about about Steph than it is Steve Kerr. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a... Uh, I hate that Curry even gets the credit for those wins, man. It, it, I, I realize, I understand that that's how it works, but I think that he is one of the more overrated coaches. There's some people that think that he's a good coach, and that's fine. I, I've been wrong many times before. I will probably be wrong many times after this, but he he's just not. There's nothing that he does that impresses me. And I think that he's always had a great staff around him when he's winning those championships. And the, the rest of your staff makes a difference as well, man. And, and that's 
yeah, I think you said it before. It, you know, you or I could have coached that team to a championship with, you know, four Hall of Famers, man. It's it's crazy to me that he gets that kind of credit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, but to kind of change gears here real quick, I want to go back uh, and talk about something that, that came up this morning. There was a conversation on Twitter about Brandon Clark and Xavier Tilbin. Uh, Brandon Clark had a tremendous season last year. Uh, he was shooting something crazy, I think like 60-something percent from, from the field in the mid-range. And I think Peter Edmiston put out a stat this morning that said that he's only shooting like 31%. Uh, if from from mid range, which has kind of been his bread and butter, that little floater that he hits, he's only shooting thirty one percent right now on that little floater. And Xavier Tillman mid range is shooting like sixty plus percent. So the question becomes: Now you look at this this rotation. Uh, Xavier Tillman was out of the rotation tonight, but when you look at the two players, and I know this is not going to be popular. Like we talked last there, last show about Tyus Jones, and we don't want people to think we're piling on because I love Tyus. I just think Justice Winslow brings more value uh, with what he's doing. And we'll talk about that in a second. But kind of the same in this situation, when I look at the two players and their body of work this season, I think I would play Xavier Tillman over Brandon Clark right now. And I mean, Brandon Clark is just hasn't looked right this year. I don't know if it's a nagging injury. I don't know if he's just been figured out by the league. I'm not sure what it is, but he's just not. He's not knocking down their floater, missed a few of them tonight. He just doesn't seemed like the same player he was last year. You, We've seen what X does. X brings a little bit more size. Uh, he I think outside of athleticism, I think X beats him out, especially right now in probably every category. If you had a, a corner three-pointer right now and you told me I had X versus Brandon Clark, I'm going to go with X to make that shot. And I just think right now it, it's crazy to me that he's out of this rotation. I understand the numbers. I understand you got Jared back, JV's back in there. But I just think he's too good to be sitting on the bench right now. And again, Brandon Clark has struggled again tonight. I, I just feel like right now, Xavier Tillman is the better player. Yeah, uh, BC was one for five from the field tonight. I think it all goes back to the change in the the shooting motion. They wanted to change his shooting motion. Some Somebody told me he needed to change his shooting motion for whatever reason. And he has just not looked good. I I was not, you know, early in the season, there were a lot of people that were, like, just crapping on him. I'm, I'm like, you know, he's coming back off of an injury. He changed his shot. He doesn't have enough reps in. Let him get reps in. And then, then let's see. And now here we are, you know, what, 60-something games into the season here, or close to 60 games into the season. And and it's still kind of the same thing. He's not knocking down the shots. And that form may have not been exactly what they were looking for last year, but he was knocking the shots down. And it's crazy to me that that changed his ability to knock down that mid-range shot the way he was last season because he, he was almost automatic. And I, I agree with you that Tillman should be in. He should be playing over Brandon Clark right now. Uh, Brandon had he had five defensive stats tonight. I think it was three steals and two blocks, or vice versa. I'm not saying that Brandon doesn't have anything to bring to the table, but right now there's definitely something going on. And you know maybe it's just a sophomore slump. He goes into this off season, works on that shot, gets more reps in with it, and things look more natural next year. 
and we're not having this this kind of conversation because Brandon's back to being Brandon, and then there's no doubt of who you're going to play. But right now, if you're playing to win games, it's it's hands down Xavier Tillman. Is that going to be the case? Is Brandon Clark going to move to the bench and get a coach's DNP, like a coach's decision DNP? Absolutely not. It will not happen. I, I will guarantee you that Brandon Clark will not get a DNP coach's decision. I, I, I wish I was wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I really don't see that there's any way, shape or form that Jenkins benches Brandon Clark. And I think there's, it's really a, it's a double-edged sword whenever it comes down to it, because if you, if you bench him because X is out playing him right now, does that affect Brandon's psyche? Does it affect, you know, what what is what effect long lasting or short term is it going to have on Brandon Clark if you decide to play somebody else over him coming off of the bench? Yeah, I mean, and, and you go back to the beginning of the season. I mean, you could tell right off the bat that his shot was different. It looked funky, and, and for a minute, it looked like it had gotten better. But now it's looking like it's kind of reverted back to what it was at the beginning of the season. I mean, it's that shot looks awful. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know. And I hate that because it's like a lot of times when, when you, you mess with your shot like that, it, it can have a great effect and it can also have an adverse effect where you can never recover from it. Cause you, you start thinking about it it gets in into you mentally and you can't fix it. I, I kind of just wish they had left it alone. Cause again, I mean, with the percentages he was shooting last year, I think he was like number one at, at, at the power forward position in mid range percentage, like a field goal percentage last year. And I mean, he has and now this year, I think he's in the bottom percentile, bottom 20 percentile of of, of, of shooting in the mid range, which I mean, that's a, a drastic drop off. Uh, I mean, I know you, you talk about the sophomore slump and everything like that, but man, something just hasn't been right with him. Uh, I was talking to Sane this morning and he was talking about how last year people were saying that BC was better than Jaron. The only reason why Jaron was playing over him was politics, et cetera, et cetera, uh, crazy stuff like that. And now. A lot of people jumped off the train. I, I wouldn't have thought that we'd be sitting here talking about BC and Xavier Tillman here this late in the season. But I mean, because uh, I mean, he was such a revelation for this team last year, and, and now you kind of look at that, and he's just he struggled, man. And again, if you with the depth on this team and the talent that they have, I, I just look at the two guys, and I just feel like Tillman brings more to the team right now. And, and I don't want to pile on BC, like you said. Maybe he gets it together. Maybe he comes back next year, and we see the BC we saw. Year one, but this year he he just hasn't been that. Uh, I mean, it, it's been a struggle, and I just feel feel like that Xavier Tillman should be playing. I mean, you see that I mean, he's he, he brings so much to the table. I mean, the, his defensive principles, his footwork, uh, the, the the way he plays. You've seen some of these games on his road trip. He's just been fantastic. And to, for him to fall completely out of rotation, I, I just I, I don't know what to say about it. I just think I understand the depth on his team, but I, they need to find a way to get him on the floor. Yeah, you, you go back. I pull up Brandon's stats from last year. His free throw percentage last year was 76%. He's shooting 67% from the free throw line this year. And then his field goal percentage, he was 62% last year. He's at 52% this year. And he's worse from three. He's, he was just under 36% from three last year. And he's under 30% from three this year. There, there's every part of it's regression. And he just, it, if you're playing him at the five, if you're playing Jaron at the five 
when he's coming off the bench, then okay, that's fine. Keep Jaron at the five. But if you're going to put Brandon playing the five, if it's Brandon or X all day long, all day long, it's X for me. And that's, again, I hope at some point that we, we get last year's, you know, Brandon Clark, that that's, uh, you know, I, I hate to see a guy regress like this. I, I don't think that this is long-term and, and maybe, you know, who knows, maybe last year was the best Brandon Clark that we're ever going to see, but I, I'm not, I'm not ready to give up on him. Like, I'm not saying that at all, but it, it's something that the coaching staff really has to take a look at. It's really a tough call though. I, you know, I hate how much of a mental game it is. Do you risk it? Do you risk benching him? I, I man, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't have the answer to that. It, it's tough. I'm, I'm glad that I'm not in the seat that I have to make <laughs> that call because you saw what he could bring to the team last year. Super effective. Plenty of nights where, you know, he shoots six, seven, eight times and not miss a shot. It, it, it was crazy. And now this year, you know, he may shoot six, seven, eight times and, you know, be some of the worst shots of the game. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a unique situation. I mean, there are not a lot of teams that that have this this particular situation. I mean, both teams, you you have your starters and you look at a couple guys off the bench and then it drops off a cliff. And that's not the case with this team. I mean, this team legit has like 11 or 12 players that could be in a lot of rotations uh, around the league. And like you said, man, Taylor Jenkins has a – has some tough decisions to make. I mean, the, you look at the Win, Winslow, Tyus, Tyus Jones thing. I mean, Tyus has been back up point guard for this team, and, and now he's getting garbage minutes, as, as we saw tonight. But I, I do want to talk about Justice Winslow, and I asked him after the game how how's the thigh feeling, how he's feeling out there. Um, he said he's feeling feeling great, uh, that, that the, the point guard stuff. So he was asked about the point guard being on the ball. I think Evans Barnes asked him about that as well. Um, kind of talked about the fact that he – it comes natural to him uh, being on the basketball, but he did say that it, he he wants to get more comfortable off the ball because he wants to play minutes alongside Ja. What, what, what did you think about that? Uh, man, I, I like his confidence in the response. You know, I'm I'm fine with it. There was not a lot of preparation. He said that uh, Coach Jones came up to him uh, before the second half of the first Denver game in this road trip, and he's like, "Hey, we're going to play you at point guard in the second half." And he was just like, okay, you know, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. I think it's something that he, something he said in there, and, and that's uh, that's great. You know, his, his health, getting back into the rhythm. You know, he mentioned that. I still say it's too early to really be as hard as some of the some of the fans are being on him because of the amount of time that he's been off. And I hate that I keep saying that, but it's just the fact of the situation. You go two years basically without playing in the league against the best players in the world, there's going to be some time to, to catch up. And I he tonight he looked great. I thought that he played very well. You know, I had a couple good defensive plays. He uh, looks like, what was he, two for two, 0 for two from three, made both of his free throws. He was only two for six from the field. But again, you know, high percentages, that's not, you know, he's not going to bring that to the table. He made more than one pass tonight to get passes. people open, you know, and, and that was 
there was one long pass. Uh, Jaron grabbed the rebound, and Dylan sprinted up the floor, yeah, for the dunk. and he threaded the needle. Boom! There, there was a dunk, and then there were a couple. There was one to JV that he made that was a, a nasty pass. Yeah, he had passed the one for JV over the corner. Yeah, you know that that that's just a a few examples and, and a very small sample of, of what he can bring to this team. I mean, yeah, and the thing about it is, I I don't even think he's. 100% right yet. I think you, you see these flashes and you saw those those three passes in particular we talked about. He also had four rebounds, four assists, and two blocks. Uh, made some great defensive plays, some one-on-one defensive plays. Uh, I mean, he just brings a different dynamic than Tyus does. With his size, he just does things out there that, that Tyus can't do. And I just don't think the offense of Tyus, like a lot of people try to break up, outweighs what Justice Winslow potentially brings to the table. And I've I've made my talk about this front office and they've done they've done great in every every category except injuries and the way they kind of handle injuries. I've kind of talked about that and I feel like it's kind of weird how they they've done that. But they're playing Justice Winslow and a lot of people don't understand the reason that they're doing this is this is a developmental season and Tyus may be the best player right now. I mean that might be the case for for this season. But you gotta yeah. find out what you have in Justice and this is Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. It's an evaluation yeah. period, and a lot of fans might not like that, but I, I think it's the right move in this situation. I actually agree with them in the developmental uh, vein in this because I just think if he could continue to play the way he did the last couple of games, I think he deserves that. Not, not It's not even just a de- developmental thing. If he does brings what he's run the last couple of games, I think he deserves those minutes over Tyus because I just think defensively they're just going to be better with him in there. Rebounds that Tyus are not going to get, he's going to grab their – Hustle plays that, that he's going to make that Tyus is not going to make. And, again, he's going to hit a shot every now and then, slash to the basket, get a layup. I, I think it the overall package just helps this team more than what Tyus is going to bring on most nights. And he's not going to make the same decision, smart decision. He's going to turn the ball over more. But it's just a different kind of player. I mean, it's – and that's the, thing, that's the thing about it. But I think when you weigh who helps the team more, if he's the, the Justice Winslow we saw the last two games, I think it's him. Yeah. And, you know, he, he was very close, just a couple rolls away yeah. from being double-digit scoring tonight. You yeah. Know, there were a couple times he got to the rim, and it just didn't fall for him. That You know, just a few rolls away from being, you know, 10-4-4, and four, that's, a, that's a pretty solid line from a backup point guard, man. And, and that's not even, to, not even adding in to what he done on the defensive end. I – you couldn't have said it any better that they are trying. We know what Tyus is. We know that Tyus is a great floor general. He's not going to turn the ball over. Very smart player. The Grizzlies have seen enough of Tyus Jones to know what they have in Tyus Jones. They've got to find out what they've got in justice Winslow. I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed when they pick up. I've seen a, a number of different people saying, Oh, they don't, they're not picking it up. There's no way they're picking it up. It's not happening. There's no, there's going to be a lot of disappointed people whenever they do indeed pick up this option next year. And it's not because I think justice Winslow is a $20 million player. I don't think that at all, but I just, there, there's too much value there to let walk away. Yeah, that was 100%. Yeah, they're, they're definitely going to be a, a lot of disappointed people because I mean, I see people, all over Twitter, all over social media, saying there's no way they're going to pick this option up. They're not going to pick it up. And I keep telling them the chances of them not picking that option up are probably less than 
than one percent. I mean, they, unless something goes wrong, he gets injured again, has some major injury or something here before the season goes on. They're going to pick up that option, and, and we've talked about the reasons why. Not only is this an experiment that you that's not finished. I mean, you think that you can get more out of them. It's the contract situation. I mean, you want that expired money in case you decide to make a deal at the deadline next year. Uh, that's, that could be a valuable contract for you. So, I mean, they're, they're going to pick up that option. And, again, a lot of people are going to be disappointed about it. But just just get ready, <laughs> like you said, because they're, they're definitely going to pick it up. But uh, the, the game has gone final, man. 113-108, uh, the Sacramento Kings get the victory over yeah, Dallas. So, the, the Grizzlies are now – they're still in eight. They're two games behind Dallas for six, one game behind Portland for seven. Uh, tied with San Antonio for night, but they have a tiebreaker, so technically they're ahead of San Antonio. Uh, but half a game up on 10th place Golden State, and they are four and a half up on New Orleans, and it would be six and a half up on Sacramento. So Sacramento is probably about out of it. Uh, New Orleans is probably out of it, barring some major collapse by some of the teams of, above them. And, I, and I, with the Grizzlies schedule, I can't. Right now, I, I think it's about a 99% chance that the Grizzlies are in the play in in some capacity. It would take a, a pretty epic collapse for them to fall out of fall below tent right now. Yeah, yeah, I don't see it happening. Anything is possible, but uh, yeah, there there are too many games at the end of the season that they should win for them to fall out of this play in. So, man, I don't, I don't, I've got nothing else on tonight. I don't, you know, I'm not gonna beat them up too bad. It was a rough no, game. Man. Yeah, you know, big, big road trip, back to back, going back into Denver, just brutal, brutal scheduling by the NBA. I think, honestly, I think a better look would have been if they played two in a row against Denver. They stayed in Denver like they done. Yeah, with that, you know, yeah, that would have made much more sense. You know, are are do so you do your back to back there with Portland the way they done what Friday Sunday in Portland. So they could have done Wednesday, Friday in Denver and then had Saturday off and then played Sunday, Monday back-to-back against yeah. Portland in Portland, and it would have been significantly better. I, I don't know what the Nuggets schedule or Portland schedule look like. There's a reason that it went down this way, but it's it just schedule lost. So not going to rub these guys up a whole lot. Still in a good good position and – Actually, I do, I've got something else. You were talking about the money with Justice Winslow. Some of these same guys that I'm seeing talk about, they're not. Um, I can't believe that they would even think about picking up that option, or there's no way they're picking up that option. These guys are the same ones that are hitting the trade machine trying to bring a big name in. And I got to let you guys know something. In order for them to make a trade to bring a big name in, they have to have send salary money to do it. Yeah, You can't just be like, oh, hey, send me Buddy Hill or send me Bradley Bill. You have to have salary to match it. So if nothing else, if nothing else, they have to keep him just because of that reason. And that sounds crazy. I, I think what Justice is 25, 24, 25. I'm I'm not he's still young enough that he can be a core part of this team. And I think that he's shown in these last two games what he can bring to the table. Is he top level best best Justice Winslow we're gonna see? No, I don't think we're even close to seeing the best version of Justice Winslow. I I don't even know that we get the best version of Justice Winslow this season. And that's crazy to say, but I just don't think that he's gonna have enough games played. 
Yeah, I, I agree. But you see these flashes of, of what he can be, and I can envision him and his offense. If, if, if he's 100% healthy, what he could bring to this team. I mean, that dynamic of a guy that size, what he can do on the defensive end, um, you can put him on a basketball. I mean, you saw the the, the passes that he made tonight, uh, that, that things that he can do, the way that he can slash in the basket. We, we haven't even touched the surface. I'm telling – I keep telling people that, that this guy has been out of basketball for almost two years. I mean, you have to understand that. I mean, you're not going to just step back in, especially for a guy that's never really been a, a high-level offensive player. I mean, it's going to take time. He even said in the postgame tonight that he's nowhere near where he wants to be offensively especially. I mean, he's still working his way back in and trying to find his way. And I don't know if we'll ever see that version this season. But, I mean, if he can stay healthy – uh, have a good offseason where he's not rehabbing, where he's working on his game, have a full training camp, and come back next year. I mean, that's you can't let that go. You have to let that play out. And then on top of that, you have the, the contract and salary issue. I mean, it, they're just going to gonna pick up the option. I mean, that's it. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I, I keep trying to tell people that, and they're like, well, we'll see. I don't think they're going to pick it up, man. They're going to pick up that option. Yeah. Yep. That's um... – I'll be here to point out that we were right whenever we are right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it doesn't right, turn, turn out to the, like the DB fouling thing. <laughs> I mean, right. like every every since we said that, man, every game, he's pretty much been in foul trouble ever since we said that. And it, he had done good all year until we said that, man. So, again, yeah, man. I, I, he done well in the, the, the Portland game. He had that, that last Portland game. I don't well, think he had a game, foul. Yeah, yeah I, I, he played the whole game without a foul. So, We'll get out of here, guys. Final score of the game again. It was 120 Denver, 96 Grizzlies. Grizzlies fall to 31 and 29 on the season. Still two games above 500. Setting solidly in the eight seed. And if they didn't have this playing tournament, they would be in really good shape just to be straight in the playoffs. But here we are. So we appreciate you guys listening. You can get the show on, on Twitter at Hootball Grizz. I'm at DWill2111. Isaac, I didn't even ask you if you had anything else, man. I'm just rolling to the close. You got anything else? Yeah, real quick, man. Uh, Portland will be on the back-to-back Wednesday night. They got a tough one at, at Indiana on Tuesday night. Uh, Indiana, another team who's fighting for their playing lives uh, on the Eastern Conference side. So they're going to come in on the back-to-back. And big opportunity for the Grizzlies, man, to, to sweep the Blazers, man. I never thought. When, when we kind of looked at these three games, that they would be talking about a sweep board in Wednesday night. I thought they could get two of three, but the fact that they got them back on the home floor, man, I'm really excited about this opportunity for them. And Ja kind of kind of made a call to the fans and said they could have 3,500 in there. He said they need every one 35, of 3,500 people in there to support them down the stretch, man. So Grizz Nation, get out there um, and, and support these guys. They need to. They're trying to make a push, and I think they got an opportunity to put some wins together. But you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. Uh, we got to get out of here, man, for David. Uh, I've been Isaac, and until we, we'll talk to you on Wednesday night. Until then, go free. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.